Welcome back to Live from West End. Me and Aiden are joined today by Frankie Sheehy. Hey. Frankie was on the beat of a lot of sports last week, from the baseball scrimmage to soccer's disappointing loss, their first time not making the SEC tournament in nine years because they fell to Tennessee 1-0. And there was one play where Ella Eggleston put her head on a ball, header, clear goal, but since there's no instant replay in no soccer. VAR. No VAR. No VAR. They didn't review it. Frankie, just walk us through what, what that was like and how everyone on West End is feeling about Vanderbilt Soccer's disappointing end of the season. Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit of a kind of chaotic night, but also a really, really, really disappointing night because you went from a team that was around the middle of the standings uh, a, a week before then to being in the bottom four and being out of the SEC tournament for the first time in nine years. First time under Darren Ambrose, who's who's had tremendous success with this program, and it just it, it was just crushing. With that with that specific moment, I mean, there's not really a lot you can do. It's for a conference, and I'm not I'm not sure about this, but I believe that no college conferences uh, in women's soccer have video replay. Part of it's cost cutting, whatever. Part of it's technology. Darren Ambrose certainly said he wants it. Uh, that that's an that's a debate for another time. But when this when something like this happens, it can be a little bit tough to swallow when you can see all the pictures and all of that. Um, that the ball was in the goal. Bottom line is though, they didn't do enough in other aspects of the game in order to make sure that something like that couldn't cost them. Yeah, that was something that your article, which I think is going up pretty soon, talked about was like, it wasn't just that game either. It was all these other games where they had so many opportunities and they had so many like mistakes and they went 0-4-2 on the road. Like anything that had gone their way, it would have negated any need for a win against Tennessee. And it kind of feels like had they deserved to make it and had they been the team that they should have been, that this game would not have mattered and that... One like you can't nitpick those mistakes when there have been so many other ones. Like, yes, they missed a goal here, but also we got so lucky against Northwestern with that comeback and all these other things. Um, just feels like one of those things you can't really blame that one specific incident. Yeah, and me and Aiden have been talking about on the, on the show the entire year. They just can't finish on opportunities. Tennessee didn't have a shot on goal until the second half. I think their third shot on goal was their goal. So I think it's a matter of not being able to capitalize on opportunities. I know that was a goal in that one instance, but that's not the differentiator of the season, right? Frankie talked about it really elegantly in the article. You lose three of your top four best goal scorers, but how do you bounce back? I think that's really what you saw. You saw Ella Eggleston kind of Ella Eggleston and Dureski being those those people for the for the team, but it's it's not the same when you lose such big players and you can't fill those gaps. Right, and and this is what I I kind of talked about. Uh, I I don't think I don't remember it off the top of my head, but. Uh, of Al Eggleston's goals, the majority of them were on corners. Yeah, which is weird. Pieces. You were saying, right. what Frankie was saying is the team's very possession-oriented and the goals were based off of corners and free kicks. Right, and for a team that 
their goal is to play open soccer and create chances and pass the ball around and set up perfect chances, it's rare to have that kind of team get all of their goals or a lot of their goals on corners and set pieces, and that was the case this year. So let me ask you a question, Frankie. Do you feel like that perfect passing and methodical movement of the ball is the way to play in today's game? Like, do you think that this is feasible or do you think that Ambrose needs to change up his perspective on the game? Because I even feel like going all the way to Europe and like the Premier League, like a lot of it is playing through your best player up front and just like sending the ball down to them. And that's like where most of the teams have a lot of success. So I'm kind of curious your thoughts on like, I don't know. I mean, it's I'm going to make a weird comparison, but it's not like we're like, Vanderbilt women's soccer is like FC Barcelona when they had like Messi and Jordi Alba and Sergio Busquets. Like this isn't Tiki Taka <laughs> soccer. This is like Division One soccer. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it works. I don't think you need. I don't think you change the style. I think okay. that would be an overreaction. And I also think it would it wouldn't work given the personnel on the team. We're not an overly uh, tall team. Right. Uh, we have pacey players, but we're not. We don't have that extreme pace that you could just crush people on, right, just on send the wings. People down the wings. Right. Yeah. So it and the and the systems worked. It's worked in the past. We've gotten we don't have a we don't have the biggest budget in the SEC and this is the first time we've been out of the we've been out of the postseason in 9 years. So a question I have is you think there's some correlation here with, you know, NIL emerged 2 seasons ago. Now maybe you're starting to see the South Carolinas of the world in soccer maybe having stronger rosters cuz there's just more money being flowed into those programs. Well, there's definitely a lot more money going into those programs, right? Uh, but it's it's a it's always going to be a tough conference. But even now, I'm saying now with NIL, it's just might be making the gap even bigger spread. Or you think it was just because Vanderbilt lost so many players last season, and the seniors, Addie Brighton and Co. They played well, but they really did not fill fill the void that as we thought and anticipated. We thought this was a team that would do a lot better than they did last season. They would make it to the second or third round of the NCAA tournament, and you didn't even make the SEC tournament. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to... I don't think, I think you You'd have can, to look at the NIL figures for the... Yeah, yeah. and so I, I don't know, know those NIL like. numbers off the top of my head, and I think it's also too small a sample size. That's to true, I agree. Yeah, um, yeah, it's definitely a disappointing season. I don't know. I feel like I'm not necessarily that surprised because we've just continued to see over the past few seasons that inability to do what they want to do, which is methodically, you know, pass the ball, maintain possession, and then be effective from that. Like, they've had the possession. They've done, you know, they've gotten from point A to point B, but they haven't gotten to C. Like, that's, like, the end goal, and it's now been two full seasons of that. And at a certain point during the season, I sat there, and I was just like, they haven't done it. They haven't put it together. Maybe they're just not going to put it together. I thought they'd make the SEC tournament. I thought they'd maybe even make the NCAA tournament. Yeah. I don't know if I thought they were going to win multiple games in the NCAA tournament, but I I thought, uh, you know, it's a disappointing end, but... I would say over this over the season, my expectations were definitely tempered. Yeah, I think this is a good transition. Last Saturday, while Henry was in Ole Miss, while Aiden was very much doing a great job analyzing the Ole Miss game and writes his brunch. Thanks, Frankie was at the baseball game watching the scrimmage. Team does not have Henrique Bradfield anymore, but the bullpen. Talk about that. I would say the roster looks a lot different than the past few years. And I don't know if this is the same Vandy boys that we've been seeing the past two seasons. I think this is one of those first few seasons where this isn't, I would not say the expectation this year is called World Series or bust like it was the past few years. Frankie, can you kind of touch on that and and what you saw from from Corbs and the rest of the team um, on Saturday? I know it's so early in the year, but just like kind of your interpretations. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the pitching staff is is strong. Is okay. really strong. We saw a lot of different guys get in the game. Uh, we saw every, we saw I think it was ten different pitchers on Saturday all get like between one and two innings. Uh, some big standouts. Ethan McIlvain looks like he's going to be a problem for bats around the SEC. Um, Andrew Dukanich looked a little better. Uh, it's good to see him back on the mound and and Bryce say, Cunningham. Yeah, high expectations for him coming in and not a not a fruitful freshman season. Well, he got hurt. I know. I know. Yeah, but, but I I think he I think he could. He's a contender for a rotation spot. Okay. But let's look on the other side. How are the bats looking? Who's going to be those two or three players that Vanderbilt leans on that that you lose in Enrique? Well, you're not. I don't think you're going to be able to replace Enrique. Right. I'm a little worried about the power hitting in this Vanderbilt lineup, a lineup that didn't hit for a lot of power in last year, and that kind of cost them in the regional for yes. sure. And then they lose R.J. Shrek. Right, and then they lose R.J. Shrek, who was well, right. he was their best power hitter last year. Right, but, yeah. exactly. And they lose Parker Noland yep. as well, uh, Mister Eleven RBI. Yeah, I mean, without without that, the power has to come from. It could be from Jack Bulger, or it could be we saw two home runs on Saturday by Troy Lanive. So if he if he does get a starting spot, which isn't a guarantee, that could be uh, something to watch for. Uh, but what there about is baby gonna... Maldonado? You know, it could be. I, th- I thought he had some yeah. moments last year. Well, he was, he had a fantastic freshman yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, I meant yeah. specifically from the power aspect. It could be. It's good. It's not going to be. We're not going to have one guy hit 20 home runs, right. I don't think. I don't think that's realistic. That's fair. But having five or six guys in the lineup who can get eight, nine homers and be a threat to do it, um, I think that that's the way you want to make up for not having one standout obvious home run hitter in the lineup. On paper, this team just doesn't excite me like it has in the past few seasons, but I know it's so early, and there's always those freshmen or sophomores that, that step up, and you're really going to need to see that. How did Corbs um, talk after the, the scrimmage? He was probably a lot more soft-smoking, and calm, and really gave you guys the time. You know, when, when Vanderbilt loses any game in the season— Corbin's very stern and not the most fun person to talk to post game. I mean, he was he was in a much better mood. Yeah, 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 I bet. The scrimmage the week before at Rutgers was not good for Vanderbilt and he and he made that very clear in their press. Well, they were too busy. They went to New York and watched Hamilton. They were yeah, too distracted. Yeah, exactly. So, I Corbin was in a much better mood. I mean, you take a team in Wake Forest that uh, was a college world series team and is a very big threat to go back to the college world series this year i mean and to put 11 runs on them and beat them over 18 innings given who who actually played yes, in the game yeah. and it's fall but to to hang with that kind of a team it, it's it's not it's not nothing and these scrimmages are also good to see how much depth you have too because you're, you're not going to be seeing the starters play for that long toward the end right yeah i mean most of the starters played the regular starters played between six and twelve innings of of the eighteen. We're gonna see more of them in the next few weeks in the black and gold series, um, or the David Williams Fall Classic, as I think it's called now. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that so that's gonna be exciting to see. A lot of exciting stuff on West End, specifically with baseball. This is Vanderbilt's bread and butter. 
I know your hot take a few weeks ago, Aiden, that is that Vandy, I think it was Vandy boys are a little overrated. I don't know if that was my hot take or if that was just like a regular anything statement. Anything but Vandy, okay. Well, I don't think it's, well, because I like to keep my hot takes real hot. You know this. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. But, <laughs> but um, this, I don't think that that's hot, that hot of a take. Like the past, at least in my few years at Vanderbilt, I don't think it's been that hot of a Oh, take. I guess you weren't here. Was it our freshman year when we made it to the finals? I was watching yes. like as a senior in high school. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know. I just think the past two seasons, like, all throughout last season, I thought Vanderbilt was extremely overrated. Do you think that that's a hot take? They have that really great start. Well, what do you mean by that? Uh, well, they were like a top five team for a lot of the season, and they just were not performing like a top five team for most of that season. Well, I mean, they beat they beat ranked teams in series. Yeah, consistently. Yeah. I guess I don't know. Like I just it, think they it, were it's, being it, baseball's a results-oriented game, and when I there's a, a large so- sample size, yeah, I don't know. I felt like a lot of I don't know how to describe this, and I also feel like I'm playing above my uh, weight here with Frankie in the room. <laughs> um, I just kind of felt like yes, they were getting the wins that they needed, but the wins were either at home, and some of them were not that impressive or they weren't really getting them on the road, I felt like. I also felt like the SEC tournament run was a little fluky, and they had a little bit more easy matchups. Um, and, like, they were much considered, like, a top two, three team in the SEC for the majority of the season, and then I just don't think that they were, and I thought that the playoffs or postseason showed that. I think this is a good time to transition from baseball, which is, like, the candy-sized, good Hershey bar in the, in the Halloween theme, the best type of candy, to Vanderbilt's. Kind of laughing stock, right? The the, the smarties, the, the 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 undesirable candy, and that's Vanderbilt the, football. The right? plain, uncolored airhead. Ooh, Vanderbilt's had seven consecutive losses. Black licorice. Oof. Officially out of bowl contention. I know no one thought they'd be in in the bowl after going two and two in non-conference play, but just to see the way Vanderbilt's been losing. Ken Seals only had a few drives until Walter Taylor came in. He just looked incredibly inexperienced. He has he has a great he has a lot of great legs and. He had a nice rushing touchdown at some point, but really nothing much to see from the Ole Miss game. There were some highlights with Langston Patterson, and, and yeah. the special team remind, remains respectable and formidable. But there's, there's, there's even every week we say there's no chance Joey Lynch remains. But I think last week with the play calling, you even saw it. I, I know Aiden said in his brunch there were a few good fade routes, but it was already garbage time. And now moving on to the game. Ahead of us, Vanderbilt has their best chance to win against Auburn. Homecoming, alumni weekend, but their quarterback is either Wal- it's Walter Taylor or it's Ken both. Seals. It's both, exactly. And uh, just want to know, want to know what you guys saw from the Ole Miss game, and and are there any positives to have any chance to beat Auburn? So you know, I'm gonna shout myself out really quick because you mentioned shout out the, Aiden. Yeah, shout out me. Thank you, Frankie. Um, do you remember probably like five or six weeks ago when my hot take? was that by halfway through the season, uh, Langston Patterson, Cedric Alexander, and London Humphreys would all be starting. And now all three of them are starting. Right. And three bright spots on the team. So shout out me for one of my very many hot takes coming to fruition. Um, what I saw from that game was Vanderbilt playing scared. Like, I, I just... It was the opposite of the Georgia game. Yeah, it was the opposite of the Georgia... It's, it's almost like, hey, we saw this formula that was like, wow, maybe this can help us. And then we were like... Nah, 
nah, let's just do the exact same thing that we did that has caused us to lose as many games as we've lost in the past three years. I mean, the play calling is despicable. The 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 effort, like, I just don't understand it. I, the fact that we're tied into Clark Lee until 2030 is horrifying to 2029, me. 2029, I think. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one, I mean, honestly, I would like to say, oh, one year, big difference. But honestly... Having it, one less year of him will be a big difference. I'm not, officially f- fully out. I actually, <laughs> I actually disagree here. It's, it's not on Clark. I think the, it the is. The locker room's given up because they don't have a leader. He could be. I don't know. I think at a certain point, the coach does everything. Like the coach is the general manager of the team, and he's the coach. You have to give it another year, and that, that's what Vandy United is going to do. He's brought in terrible coordinators. He's done a bad job bringing in transfers. The team has not put. Any reason to be optimistic on onto the field. The only reason they won those couple games last year was because of Mike Wright. Like, what am I to be impressed about? It, it's so hard for me to respond to that because it's like, look at the results. The results aren't showing. But, but like, if, if you were to ask me that six days ago before the Ole Miss game, I would have said there is a clear progression. You got killed to Georgia the first year. Second year, you, you, didn't, you didn't score any more than a field goal. And then there was some... Improving, you put twenty points against Georgia, but Ole Miss, you played scared. That 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 start of the game, a terrible interception by Ken, just just terrible. Like, what can Clark Lee do in that situation? That's my question. I don't know. The missed tackles, I will a hundred percent toss it up to coaching. Yeah, I mean that is coaching one hundred percent. And you said something well, like this, Clark Lee. Every coach is an offensive mind or defensive mind. Clark Lee is a defensive mind. Like he should die on that hill. Hundred percent. And they don't. They haven't. They've been the worst defense in the SEC. Arguably the worst defense in college football for the better part of three years. And as as depleted and and bad as the secondary and, and whole defensive, just like compared to the rest of the SEC, the personnel isn't there. That is inexcusable. I think it's you not said excuse. Twenty eight missed tackles. Twenty eight missed tackles. I went back and counted them myself. And I was generous too. There were a couple plays where like they'd get a hand on the or guy like a juke. and he'd kind of stumble and juke and and then another guy would make a tackle and I was like, "All right, we'll we'll chalk that up to an assisted tackle because he helped set it up." Um I don't know. I just think like the play calling on both sides of the ball, like I don't care about talent. I don't care about the gap that there is. They play scared on offense. They they play, you know, very few vertical shots no matter who the quarterback is. They don't like to use their weapons. They don't like to play explosively when that should be what they're going for. I read an interesting tweet from Aria, so shout out Aria, um, about talking about variance and increasing variance and how AJ Swan increases that variance because, you know, Vanderbilt could lose by 30 with Swan and he could make five boneheaded mistakes that Seals might not make, but at the same time, they can also, you know, have those amazing plays. And I think increasing that variance and taking those shots makes that an upset that much more likely. It feels like Vanderbilt just can't pull off an upset. It feels like you're going to the game and you're like, I don't see. And we talked about this the week before Georgia. Like, there's nothing they can do to win that game. There's nothing. Like, I, I sat there. I was like, I can't think of one thing that the defense could do to slow down this opposing offense. Yeah, so my, so my question is then, from a general point of view, uh-huh. especially with the defense, mm-hmm. obviously you can't miss 28 tackles, and some of these drives are embarrassing. Yep. But, and especially some of the explosive plays are embarrassing to let up. But what is the re- what is a realistic expectation for this defense, given that the 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 amount of transfers you can bring in is limited by Vanderbilt having a much smaller football budget than all of our opponents. I'm going to add there also the academic requirements. Yes. I think that's fair. 
both fair statements. I think Vanderbilt needs to do a better job of finding like a quote-unquote diamond in the rough. And I'm going to elaborate. I've had this theory that Vanderbilt, when they're recruiting transfers, and this is for any sport, but it especially goes for football because football, I think transfers are the most essential because the team goes however many 50 players deep. Um, they need to go to a player. Some school like Stanford, some school like, I don't know, some some school that a player is not going to get drafted at probably no matter how well they play. Eastern, Western, Northern, Michigan State College. And they sit them down and they say, look, we think you're a good player. We want you to come play for us. You are not going to get drafted. Come finish your education at Vanderbilt. Have fun. Play football. Play basketball. Do your thing for a year or two. Graduate with a Vanderbilt degree and go do whatever it is with your life that only a Vanderbilt degree will allow you to do. And it's a win-win. And the player, all they have to do is have a a realistic lens. Like, there are a lot of people that are not getting leaked. They have to be aware of that. So come to Vanderbilt, get a degree, do what you got to do, play football for a year, have fun, play in a Division One atmosphere. I mean, I have to say with basketball, the, the transfers have been great the past few years. Oh, I mean, yeah. You I'm look, talking specifically about football. No, I know, but you look at Ezra Magnon last year, this year Evan Taylor, Tassos, all those guys. I bet that's Jerry Stackhouse's pitch. I think it the is. The thing with Clark Lee is he has such a stigma against the transfer portal. And that's a he trait of a get, terrible modern coach. He needs to get rid of that. But I think there is, I'm going to defend him for a second. I think there is something to say when you're trying to build something unique in the SEC and be quote unquote one of one, he does that because he knows if you're just going to the transfer portal, you're going to ultimately lose to these other teams. He wants to build something, but there is something you need to get something in the transfer portal as well. Next year, the quarterback needs to be something in the transfer portal. I don't think Walter Taylor is the answer. He, he's not accurate at all. I know he has decent legs. I know he has a dual threat ability like Mike Wright had, and that's why we. I think there's a chance we can beat Auburn. A chance because there's Walter Taylor in the game, but you need a transfer portal some ways. And I, I agree. I, I think we're on the same page, Frankie. What, what do you think needs to happen for Vanderbilt to have any chance against Auburn? Well, it's it's He's back to the, the same th- thing that I was saying. They're not going to beat Auburn. That's exactly what's going through his mind. Well, I don't. It's I, that that wasn't what I was gonna say. Uh, I think it just goes back to the the classical way to pull off an upset that they haven't done yet, which is no turnovers. We every every week we say you need no turnovers, and it doesn't happen. Uh, the secondary needs to be a lot better, although it's not. You're not going to be at least facing some of the quarterbacks we have over the last few weeks. And Trudeau Berry is going to be out. BJ right. Anderson is going to be out. And, and and our secondary is still depleted. Exactly. Go on. <laughs> Put secondary me is going to be great. Uh, and it, it, it just needs to be a much cleaner game. Auburn's a beatable team, but not if you're going to beat yourself. And, and something with Auburn, they're kind of like Vanderbilt, too. They're wishy-washy with their quarterbacks. I think they have their one. They picked kind of one quarterback because he played well last week. I think it was against Mississippi State. But there is something to be said about the inconsistency with their offense, I do see a possibility there. And you never know. I, I know the team was in a lot different place last year, but when Vanderbilt beat Kentucky, no one expected it, and no one thought we'd have any chance. I know there's there's a lot of difference, but this is like a rally cry. This is Vanderbilt's last chance to have their third win of the season because they're not beating South Carolina or Tennessee. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would say a few weeks ago I would think that they could maybe beat Auburn, but I think Auburn's actually improved a lot the past few weeks. Um, I don't think that they're 
a particularly exceptional team. I don't think they're an above-average SEC team, but I think the difference between Vanderbilt and the rest of the SEC is vast. It, it's, it's the biggest. It's bigger than any other difference within the and any of the other Power Five schools. I would have used to say Rutgers and Big Ten, but they're good now. No, it, it's it's. I don't even know how to describe it. Honestly, I'm deciding whether I want to like spend an hour or two this weekend like using chat GPT to like figure out what former NFL coaches are currently unemployed or employed at worse programs. I'll tell you right now, Josh McDaniels is unemployed. Oh, I don't want Josh McDaniels running Vanderbilt. That's not going to work. It's got the knowledge cut off in 2021. I I don't know. I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Like find some sort of like like Chip Kelly or Jim Harbaugh. Chip Kelly went to UCLA. Jim Harbaugh, he, he's not going to be unemployed. No, I'm saying like a uh, Chip oh, Kelly okay. or a uh, Jim Harbaugh to take a program that is down in the dumps the and fix is, it. Even if Clark Lee loses by 60 this week, 60 the next I two understand weeks, he won't that. get fired. I understand that. You this is purely for my own sadistic enjoyment. 2029 okay. is six years from now. I have faith in Clark. Six years. I, I actually have faith. I think he needs That's to crazy. clean house, though. I wish Jace were here. Jace would get me. Jace knows Clark's got to go. What's that going to do? We said the same thing with Derek Mason. I didn't say anything with Derek Mason. I wasn't here. Well, well, we at the Hustler said the exact same thing with Derek Mason. And well, it was changed. probably true with Derek Mason. They just made the wrong hire. He was a defensive coordinator at Notre Dame for what? I one think or you, two years? I think you have to give it another year. That's I really fair. Do. I'm. I mean, I'm going to have to give it another year, and we'll see. I just don't see any logic. I don't see them closing the gap because I don't think that. I don't know. Maybe okay. maybe trade, Maybe getting rid of Joey Lynch will change Let's things. Let's break the, the games down. UNLV, AJ Swan lost that game. Agreed? Oh, I don't know about that. Really? The defensive play no. calling yeah, on I that last agree. drive was horrific, and I put that on Lee. Okay, that's that's fine. He and wasn't playing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call that. the player. I'm gonna call the the calling a timeout there. Whoever made that timeout, who wasn't Clark? CJ Taylor. CJ Taylor. I'm going to put yeah. it on CJ Taylor. But AJ Swan also had a lot of interceptions on the game. That's fair. And that play with Ken Seals, with the, I think it was a, like the fake reverse, and they, they ran it back. It's not on Clark Lee. That's on Joey Lynch. You've named Lee a lot hired, of people Clark who aren't AJ Swan. Joey Lynch. I agree. I agree. But, but I think everything that Joey Lynch does wrong is a reflection to some extent. Not entirely, but to some extent on Clark Lee. Fair. Kentucky, see, they also haven't fired him yet. Kentucky game, really sloppy rush defense, but AJ Swan threw three interceptions. So, so I do think there is something to be said about how, how many turnovers we had the first few games, but, but there's just so many holes, and, and we're more than a few players away. It's very depressing to, re- to watch it every week. You just have to hope that, that not, none of these star players transfer. You have to hope Cedric Alexander and London Humphreys stay. You have to hope that Jaden McGowan stays because he's not getting the ball enough. Yeah, I mean, from a fan perspective, I definitely hope they stay. And from someone who's planning on covering Vanderbilt football next year and hoping that they're competitive, I hope they stay. But like, if I'm them, I don't stay. I don't. I don't see what they like. McGowan has now been here for two years. He's shown what he can do, and they haven't given him the chances that, quite frankly, he deserves. And the same thing. I mean, you look at Will Shepard. Will Shepard was a senior. He was supposed to take that big step, and he's gotten less and less action all season. Like McGowan's got to see that and be like, "What am I doing here?" Yeah, yeah. We know. will see early December what happens in the transfer portal. Frankie, any last few thoughts on what you hope for this weekend? I hope for a win. I hope for a win. Ditto. We can be on the same page about that. I mean, that. there's no, there's it's no, but, but, but it, a little bit it, more more detailed in the sense of any few guys that you're looking for. I, I want to see Cedric Alexander and the rushing team get more than 100 yeah, yards on yeah. the ground. We haven't they did had this that. week. They had 170. So many gar. I feel like there was, it was a, lot a lot of garbage time. It was. 
It, it, I mean, a lot of it was Walter Taylor, too. Yeah. But they did technically go above 100. So You're right. You can rejoice You're right. in that. You're right. I feel like we've been in this... Uh, We've been in this pattern in the last few years of of falling in love with one quarterback over one quarter. We've done that we've done that to a few guys over the last few years here True. at Vanderbilt. True. Uh I hope we see a better defensive performance and a better rushing performance because those are gonna be those are gonna be key okay. in the future. I like that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, at at the end of the day, yes, the offensive play calling is Joey Lynch, so we can blame him for that. But the defense falls a lot more on Clark Lee than anybody else, and I would like to see some improvement. And I think that they've got a, a few guys. I think you know Nate Clifton, Darren Agu, um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, just like I feel like they have some solid players. I'd like to see them get to the quarterback. It's very interesting. I, I see a lot of co- columns brewing in my favor in the sense of brunch will be coming out, and I know that if this game goes well or bad, I have a lot to write about. And the reason we're saying is is there's just not a lot of hope in the air. We see it in Vanderbilt with Commodore fans. What is there to look forward to and build on next year when you regress by three games and there's not much offensively? Ken Seals is going to go. I guess AJ, I, I predict AJ Swan to go. And... We just have to hope for the best. I think this weekend, all I'm hoping for is to be within a touchdown. That's the goal. And, and is the spread 13? I think so. I don't know. Uh, it's not enough, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I don't know. When was the last time we we covered 13 points? Um, when we UNLV, UNLV. <laughs> week UNLV. three, week four. Oh yeah, week three, week like our fourth game. Yeah, yeah. twelve and a half. Let, let's talk about... All right, I moved in our favor half a point. Huge. Rah. Anything but Vandy. Rah. Anyone want to kick it off? Um. Yeah, I can. I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about whether ice water or, like, regular cold water is better, and I'm kind of curious. Like, would you rather have ice water? Like, yeah. Say you're at Kassam, uh-huh. Kassam Dining Hall, and you've got, you know, you know they've got, like, a good ice. You, you live there? I do live in Kassam. They've got a good ice machine, I feel. Yeah, yes. it is good. But the water is also cold, so when yeah. you're in the mood for, like, a crisp cold beverage, are you getting that ice and putting it with the cold water, or are you just satisfied with the water itself? I think about Rand a lot. You know the crushed ice they have. I love the, you the can't middle say machine. No to that ice. Mm. I Rand chew, ice I chew water on that ice. is the best on campus. So I like. I actually I, like Sam's better. That's okay. interesting. It's, it's a close call. I chew my ice a lot because I'm just always anxious and always just like mm. stim like need, need stimulation. So, Real. so, so I, I like the ice water. Fair. I'm 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 pro ice water. But okay. it's a good I question. Thank I don't you. know. Many I just completely came up with that on the spot. Yeah, yeah, it's fair. I don't know. You always put me in. A, you always put me in the first spot, and I'm like, and oh, I, I didn't think of I anything. I had one in so mind. I just you wanted. Did? I just wanted you, you just wanted to, to see first. me flop. Yes, yeah, that's fair. I've been, right. I've been such a hater all episode. Next week, Aiden will it. go last on this segment. Thanks, guys. I would like to go to the World Series. Mm. We've got Game Five tonight between the Rangers and D-backs, the St. Louis Cardinals' former All Star team. Yes, exactly. Uh, I am in the camp that this hasn't been a great series and that when the you least s- views ever well it could be just two small baseball markets but i think they had the least views ever for a, a world it, series it's too small are they base, that are they it's that too small, small baseball markets yes. but it's two bad teams i mean the d-backs had to throw an opener last night because they don't have any starting pitching like when does that happen in the, i can't it, believe they beat the phillies 
Well, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's small sample sizes, but like over the history of baseball, when you look at how much the postseason has been dominated by starting pitching, we've gotten to a point where a, a team in the World Series can't name a starter. And I don't think, I don't think it's a great product for the game to have two teams that people around the league and people who follow baseball know are clearly not the best two teams that could be there. Um, and so I think that something may need to be changed in the way that this postseason format works based on this matchup. And that's no disrespect to the Rangers or to the D-Pack. It's just it, I think they know that they aren't the best two teams in the American League and the National League. Yeah, and and just so everyone, all the listeners know, Frankie is a baseball connoisseur. Next spring, he will be hoping to to be a umpire within the baseball major league baseball affiliate leagues, but one of the double or single or, or single A leagues, and just start from the bottom. and And you'll you'll see in ten plus years or even less when you're watching the World Series that umpire that Hernandez. made that great call to call the winner of the of the World Series was Frankie. So stay tuned with him. He. If you ever have questions, reach out to him because he knows everything about baseball. Appreciate it. Talk about talk. How, can you? Yeah, I was just gonna say. Can you talk about what you think about the automated strike? Zone? I was just about to ask. About Actually, the yeah, yeah, that was my question. Well, my thought is that my honest thought is that what I think about it is it's not really that important because it's inevitable. Uh, it there just when the technology improves. I do acknowledge, even though I'm not usually a fan, I think the human element of it of baseball is good. It is. I do acknowledge that fans who see on the screen this ball that's two inches off the plate in the ninth inning of a World Series game being called the strike, like like happened two nights ago, that it, that could be a problem in the game of baseball. Um, it's just. The automated ball strikes is inevitable. We saw it in the minor leagues this year in AAA and and some last year as well. Whether it's going to be a challenge system or whether it's going to be fully automated um, is gonna is going to be a debate throughout the game. But it's it's coming one way or another. I can't wait for them to get rid of catchers next. <laughs> well, you you need catchers to hold. I know. I know. What if it goes uh, like overboard? Can we just start doing automatic pitching? Maybe like automatic a hitting. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> automatic fielding. We should just start simulating games of MLB the show seasons long. You can just do that. Yeah. Well, one but, more question. But I think that the the American people would really get joy out of that, I'm as sure. opposed to watching Angel Hernandez continue to mess up. This year, baseball. I think the average game went from like three hours to two and a half. Right. Something uh, in that. I don't know the exact. It was, a, so, it was yeah, a it's a drop. Speed up. It's a drop like that because now there's a there's it's like a pitch clock on the pitchers. How do you feel about how that's changing the game of baseball and it, MLB? This is going to be the end of this first season. Do do you like it as as a baseball connoisseur? And do you think this is a good direction they're going? He's an old head. He's going to say this no. connoisseur thing is is it's a very dude's a baseball file. Well, honestly, baseball diehard. Let's call him that. I I love it because. You, the people who say like it's not the tradition of the game to have the clock in it, three hour and forty five minute games and four hour games were also not the tradition of yeah. baseball. Okay, and and running and putting the ball in play and 
defense has been the tradition of baseball. And so I think this pitch clock has brought it back. I think the games are a lot more exciting. It's still the same amount of baseball, and it's a better product. It's just not – there's less dead time, and I think that's great for the game. I mean, I agree. I'm a fan of the pitch clock. I think a lot of people complain about baseball being slow, and those people are not going to change the three to two and a half hours because it's not the time. It's more like the, the pace in which the game is played. And those people, to those people, I think that they just need to change the way that they watch it because it's not going to be the same viewing experience as basketball or football or anything like that. But I don't know. I'm a fan of it. I, like Frankie said, like I don't want to sit there for four hours and watch a baseball game um, every single day. I think two and a half hours makes it a lot more watchable day in and day out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm a little biased because it depends. If I'm at the game, I hate that the game's slower because I feel like I get a popcorn and a hot dog. It's already the fourth inning. <laughs> but um, watching on TV, TV, it's so much more digestible. Yeah. Stay followed for the World Series, and, and we'll find out the winner within the next week or two. And my... my are going to go to 12 games? What what are, what are they on? Game four? It's game yeah. five. Oh, it's game, game five. five. Is tonight. The series is ending. Game tonight. seven would be on Sunday, but it could it could end tonight. It's ending tonight. Or, okay. Sorry, Saturday, not Sunday. So my anything but Vandy has to do with basketball. It is it is have to do with Vanderbilt. I am just so ready for basketball season. I've never been I've never been more ready just for how depressing of a false slate it was other than men's golf. Like there's nothing nothing good happening right now in West End and I think this small ball lineup I'm making that the deck. <laughs> there's nothing good happening on West it's End. It's true. It's true. Chase is going to come back on to remind you about bowling by the way. It, it's too early in the bowling okay, season okay. for me to be locked in. I'm locked in, but like if we get this out in time, Jace will listen to it in the car back from Atlanta. Yes, yeah. um, th- Jace is right now in Atlanta picking up some of our awards. I will be telling the rest of our staff, but we got nominated for the second straight year best online sports section. Really exciting, and this is just to the great work that Frankie Aiden and the rest of our staff writers and and editorial board have been just doing for this sports section for years, and it's such a great tradition. Really excited for basketball season. Thank you all so much for listening and a lot of great stuff on Sunday. Me and Aiden will be previewing Vanderbilt men's basketball and women's basketball. Yeah, season. You guys will probably be hearing it Monday morning, but yeah. yeah. Yep. Monday morning during the women's game. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's exciting. Yeah. Thank you.